Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another exciting edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. Oh, I want to start today, Brother Richard, with a scripture out of 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a blessing to you. So I'm going to declare uh, that the Lord add a blessing to his word in Jesus' Amen. name. So look what it says in 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Put your name right there. For you who are kept by the power of God through faith, for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, Richard, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. And here's why, the next verse, verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love him, Richard, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith uh, for the salvation of your souls. And that's what I want to talk about, going through trials and tribulations and, and, and knowing, no, I don't see Jesus, but I got his word. So I'm going to receive the end of my faith, what I'm believing for, because he just told us a lot in this this, this one through this three through nine scriptures about our te our faith being much more genuine than gold that perishes. He said, but may your faith be found to give glory and praise and, and honor at, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, meaning as God going to bring you through it. So I always tell people is how you respond in the midst of trials and tribulations in, in the midst. Are you going through it with joy or are you going through it like the children of Israel in the wilderness, you know, grumbling? And, and that's what's going to uh, determine how you come out of your trial, tribulation or and or persecution. Because Jesus said in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. Right. But he See, said, be of good cheer. Yeah, it's, it's a given. But he gave us uh, the wisdom through his word to how to, 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 to maintain all the way through it. And that's keeping that attitude of faith, that joy which all comes out of his word, out of faith. He said, that's going to get you into your wealthy place. That's going to get you through it if you maintain. He said, because your faith is going to be tested by fire. And that's how, he said, the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold. Well, that's how you melt gold down, right? You got to put some heat on it. Refine it. Right. And that's what Satan, that's what's going to happen to you as you're going through it. You're being refined. And some heat is going to have to come on you. And those are the pressures of life. That's that heat. Those, those, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death times in your life, those mean times, 
but you have to be girded up with the truth of God's word. And, and remember, he said, don't think it's strange when these things happen to you, but, but count it all joy. So he said, well, well, act like it's joyful. You know, count it joy. Look at it as God's working out something in me. And that's, what he, that's the difference from us in the world. The world goes into boo-hoo mode. We go into rejoicing mode. That's why he said right here, rejoicing. What does it say right here? Uh, Indispensable, full of joy, receiving the soul. It said something about rejoicing. Where was that part at? <laughs> rejoice with joy. Oh, that's in verse 8. He said, you rejoice with joy inexpressibly and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Meaning, because Mark eleven twenty four says, what sort of things you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have them. So if you pray that God sustain you as you go through this situation, you got to believe that, that he's going to. Remember Daniel said, was that Daniel? Or, he said, even if you put us in there, we still ain't going yeah. to. Yeah, we, we, we still ain't going to bow down to you. They went in there. They didn't go in there whining and kicking. They went in there with joy, knowing that the God that we serve, oh, he he he's got. We're delivered already. So you can go ahead and king and throw us in there in the fiery furnace. Put us in here. Put us some persecution on us. We're we're, we're good. And that's where I tell everybody all the time. These stories in the Bible and the Word of God is for our spiritual enrichment and edification. It's to build us up. Because the Bible is about God and people from Genesis to Revelation. And if God gave, remember, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he gave somebody else victory and he showed us how they obtained victory, and most of it was through faith, their confidence in God, and them believing what he said, and them focusing on what he said, not what the circumstances said, that's how they got through it. And it's the same thing for us today. Again, that's why this broadcast is designed and called Faith on Fire. It's to help ignite and increase your faith to just be full of fire. So when your evil day come, not if it come, when it come, that you'll be able to stand and, and to get through it and, and come out with a testimony. See, and, you know, as we said before, it's a given that that's going to happen. It's not an if, it's so, so when. when. <laughs> and for most of us, it's more than once. It's not like, oh, well, I went through my trial. I I'm had my trial done. for my lifetime. Yeah, I'm, I'm all done with my trials now. No, for most of us, it's more than one. But, but to go back to what you were talking about, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Once you know God's word and you know what God says about, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Now you have to believe it. You can know that part. the scripture says that all things are possible through him who strengthens me. But now when the day comes when you really need it, you have to believe it. There's all kinds of scriptures you can know. You can know the Bible says that he shall provide all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But when the day comes that you face a tribulation, now you have to actually believe it. It's not enough to just know well, it. Well, I always say that there's two parts to that. There's head knowledge and there's heart knowledge. Head knowledge is just informational. I, I yeah, know. I know that. Heart knowledge is I really know that. I believe that. I have confidence in that. Right. And you and I have both talked to people. They'll be going through something, and you'll you'll mention a verse, and they'll say, oh, I know that. I already know that. And you want to say, well, why aren't you living it? Why, right. why don't you believe it? If you know it. See, knowing it is living why it. Why don't you believe it? Mm -hmm. 
Well, well, knowing it, again, there's just two knows. There's the informational know, and, and again, the revelational know. Knowing in your heart, like Job said, I, I know my redeemer lives. That's what Shadrach Meshach. Yeah, yeah, I, I know my. I know he's gonna bring me through this. There's no doubt. Even if you know it don't happen the way we thought it's gonna happen, we we still have the victory. Right. That's the knowing. And, I and, know. And this is how you know when you read Romans chapter eight when it talks about there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not death, nor life, nor height, nor depth. Then he goes on to list a bunch of stuff there. Nor anything else, he says. At Any the other created thing. Just so we know that he's talking about everything, not just some stuff, everything. There's none of that can separate us from the love of God. So you hear people, they're going through a trial, they're going through a tribulation. And what do people say? How, where's God? How come God's letting this happen? Where is God when I need him? Guess what? God's right with you because there's nothing that can separate you from him. So if you're ever going through something in your life and you wonder, where is God? He is with you because he has promised that there's nothing that can separate. It doesn't matter if it's a financial problem. It doesn't matter if it's a physical problem. It doesn't matter if it's a problem with your grandkid. It doesn't matter what it is. There's nothing that can separate you from him. And again, you mentioned, you know, knowing the word. And, and I always encourage people, just like God, remember the Bible was about God and people. God encouraged Joshua because Joshua was going into in, to his physical inheritance, the, the promised land. But God gave him an instruction before he went. He said, Moses, my word shall not depart from you. Joshua 1.8. He said, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And observe to do all that's written there in it. And then, Joshua, you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good uh, success. So he so put it on Joshua to study his word or meditate on his word to show himself approved. And, and, and just back to that uh, verse that you talked about in Romans. It starts over here at Romans uh, 8.31. It says, uh, what then shall we say to, to these things, these, these calamity, these trials and tribulations? Well, we, this is what we're going to say. We're going to speak this. Because God is for us, who can be against us? And then uh, it's the, I'm going to drop down to verse, um, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sakes, for God's sake, see, we are killed all the day long. That means we have an adversary. We have some opposition is coming through demonic forces, which Satan's bringing. So he said, for your sake, Father God, Jesus, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But he didn't stop right there. Verse 37. Yet in all these things being counted as sheep for the slaughter, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing, whatever the devil don't try to create to keep you from moving forward. He said no other created thing uh, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what he said. I want your faith to be in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and God and his word are one. 
He said, so you put confidence in what God says. And some of you may need to just meditate on that Romans 8 for a while. And I tell people, I like to do what's called preventative maintenance. I like to meditate on it and get the word in my heart and allow it to grow up before I need it. Before my evil days. Well, I, I just had my oil changed in my car. Right. I didn't wait till it was all no good and my engine froze up. Right. <laughs> and then I said, oh, man, I got to get, get, get a oil change in here. Well, you got to do that spiritually. It's called being spiritually fit. Right. Because he said run with endurance the race that's set before so you. Don't wait till you're facing a trial. Right. Be reading the scripture and understanding the scripture and believing scripture all the way. This is why, you know, in the scripture that you're reading there, if God is for us, who can be against us? And nothing can separate us from him. This is why James can write, consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations of every kind. This is why Paul can write, no matter what happens, bring everything to God with thanksgiving and prayer. When he says bring everything to God with thanksgiving and prayer, that includes some trials and tribulations. Everything means everything. Why, <laughs> right. The reason why... He can write that. The reason why James can write, consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations, isn't because they're both masochists. It's because they both actually really believed, hey, there's a trial going on. There's a tribulation going on. But guess what? Nothing can separate me from God. And he will provide. His grace is sufficient for me. And so what am I to worry about? Why do I need to fret? Why do I need to fear? Because he is there. And he will never be separated from me. And so that's why you can face a trial and tribulation with joy. And that's why you need to always rely on the Holy Scriptures, which the Scripture says is able to make one wise. But it also comforts you. It gives you a confidence and some solace to say, you know what? And I'm going to put some confidence some faith in, in what God says. And that's why the Scripture says faith is the substance or the reality God's word, his truth, is the reality of things hoped for. Well, we're hoping for the victory, what he said in his word. It's the reality of things hoped It's the evidence. God's word is my evidence of things you may not see. We but, have the victory. But, but I can go back and say, well, he said, here's my evidence. It's in his word. He said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He'll always cause me to triumph. He'll always give me the victory. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He told me, uh, don't even fear because he's with me. He told me his goodness and his mercy just follows behind me all the days of my life. He said that his favor goes before me and produces for me supernatural increase, restoration. Again, like I say, in order for your faith to get ignited on fire, you need to do that preventative maintenance. You need to be like the story that Jesus told with the women, the virgins with the oil. You got you said oil earlier. You got to already have your oil changed. You got to have some fresh oil in your uh what they use, those canisters, whatever they have, in your spiritual automobile, in your spiritual engine, which is your spirit. You got to have some fresh oil in there and don't wait till the last minute. Oh, where, where's my Bible? Where's the past that? I, I need some. But no, you should already be prepared. That's why I understand that he said study to show yourself approved. Because when your evil day come, you're going to need to be approved. Well, and, and he says, so when your evil day comes, you can stand. That's yeah, why we're to put on the armor of God. Right. So that when the time comes, you can stand. And a lot of Christians are just lazy. They don't want to do nothing. Well, they don't want to study. to do nothing. But, and I tell people now, today, with all the technology we have, if you're not a reader, don't like to read, I have what I have called a Bible on the go. It's the size of a wallet, but it's got Old and New Testament on it. And you get earphones, you can listen, there's so much CDs, tapes, 
you can get MP3. You can, and faith comes by hearing the word. You can get the word of God in this country <laughs> in, in, in uh, a variety of different medias. Oh yeah, I mean you can watch it on television. Right. Yeah, if you, you like to watch it on the radio. And that's what I tell people. people I know right some now. Christians like to watch TV. They won't even turn to Christian television though. They're watching all these scary movies and all this other stuff that's not spiritually or edifying. It's not building up their spirit. It's actually it's tearing you down because Jesus said man should not live by bread alone but every word. You need to feed yourself some spiritual food too as you're going through your day. You just can't eat junk food and all that other stuff you're, we're taking in if it's not the word it's probably just junk food it is not going to help you because the word is the only thing that's going to strengthen you remember before paul said that in ephesians he says finally brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might then he went to mention the spiritual armor and weaponry but he said be strong in the lord so he just told you this is how you can be strong in the lord you need to have these things uh you have to have utilize these things. You have access to them. And there and all he was talking about was word. That's the spirit and that's the life. Jesus says, the words I speak to you are spirit and our life. So you need to have that word of God planted and deeply rooted in you when you first starting to get saved and continue because it's seed and it's it's seeds designed to grow. And he said you'll be like a tree. But what starts a tree? A seed. He said, you're going to be like that tree that's planted by the rivers of living water that bring forth, that can stand. And some scriptures relate to God's people as palm trees. And I heard this about Joel Osteen talking about palm trees, how they can withstand some wind, high winds. They, they're flexible. They bend. Yeah, we might bend, but we ain't going to break. And when you're planted and rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus, which is the living word of God, you can't be moved in your evil day. Yeah, you're going to have to go through it, but you're going to go through it with joy inexpressibly. And you're going to receive the end of your fate because you understood, count it all joy. You don't think it's strange when it happens. So you didn't girded yourself up previous to uh, the trial. So you're ready for the next one because there's going to be a next one. Because remember the scripture says Satan came to, came at, he said he left Jesus for another opportune time. <laughs> I mean, he was coming back. And the next time he came, he came through Peter. He came through other folk, Judas. So he came through a lot of religious leaders. Oh, he came back to try to condemn Jesus and tell Jesus he wasn't who he was. Oh, you can't be the son of man. People in his community try to tell him who he wasn't. He's like, no, I'm the anointed one. I'm the Messiah. No, you're Joe's boy. You're the carpenter's son. No, he's my stepdaddy. My real daddy is God. So we have to know we're, when we get saved, born again, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Yeah, we are. We, I, I say it every Sunday. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. I, I got it out of his, I got his word on it. He said that. So when I study the scriptures, I read it as he's speaking to me. Because all these other guys in here, they're, they're gone. They're in Abraham's bosom in heaven. I, don't, I ain't there yet, but they're not here on earth. So it's here. Remember, his, Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if it worked for them, it, it'll work for me too. So that's why we want to get our faith in God and our faith on fire. So when those trials and tribulations and evil days come, you're ready. And I tell everybody, I try to be as transparent as possible. My wife and I, we just went through a seven-year trial. The last three, Satan tried to throw out all the stops. He hit us with everything and the kitchen sink. <laughs> but 
we were strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we got through that with a, with joy. I tell my, my station manager here the last three years, oh, he really threw it on. But every day I came in here with a smile on my face, full of joy, encouraging people. Actually, that's how we started this broadcast, Faith on Fire, because somebody noticed some joy was in some brother up in here. They're like, hey, we got to do something. But, but that's who we are. We're faith people. We're not the kind that retreat and run and hide. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He's our elder brother. He's our example that we're to follow. And he said, destroy this temple, baby, and three days later, it's going to get raised up. He said, nobody takes my life. I lay it down. He knew who he was. He wasn't being arrogant or cocky. He was being confident in who God said he was. He would always say, I don't do nothing that my daddy don't tell me to do. You're seeing him, you're seeing me. And that's the way we should be as we're growing and maturing in Christ. We should be having an image to look more and more like Jesus because it said in Ephesians that we should grow up into the head, which is Christ Jesus. He's the head of the body of Christ. We're the hands and feet. We're the torso. We got to grow up into the head. And he, Jesus, wasn't have, didn't have an inferiority image. He wasn't afraid of no storms. When, when the weatherman said a storm was coming in, he wasn't like, let's bat down the hatches, guys. He was asleep. <laughs> and they woke him up and he spoke to it. I think about that us now. When we, and I do that now. I operate just like that. When I hear storms coming through, was that you I called one day? It was a storm coming through. One of my buddies, I told him, long trip, I got it handled. And I, I speak to storms. Well, I'm just following Christ. He told us to do it. Remember that one big storm there? I guess it must have been about the 1st of December. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was supposed to blow everybody away. We was all going to die. And we spoke and, against it. And the person that opens the door at your Bible said he didn't even really want to go open the door. Oh, Remember? yeah, 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 yeah. She said, I'm not going to open the door because... It's, it's the storm's coming. <laughs> it's too it's a coming. It's too, and it was only like 40 feet from her front door. Right, right, right. But, but, but it was going to be too dangerous to see, go out. See, and this is what the enemy will want you to do, agree with that report. I didn't agree with it. I spoke in faith. I said, no, I already spoke against that. I came against that storm. And she looked at, she was looking at me like I was crazy. But I understood. They looked at Jesus like he was crazy when he spoke to somebody. He got what he said. Because I got a revelation of Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. I can speak death or I can speak life. And I declare that I don't want no calamity to come on my city, on my own property. And because I've been redeemed, restored, and reconciled as he is, so am I. I can speak the same way he spoke and things can come to pass. They will come to pass. Because remember, God watches over his word to perform it. And Jesus told us, if we believe and speak, we'll have whatever we say. So I said, peace be still. And that's what we had in this region. We had some peace and that storm was still. He's our teacher. That's what the teacher does. And Jesus said, a, a student shall be like his teacher. See, which goes back to the letter that Paul writes to Timothy when he says people have a form of godliness once again, but they understand not the power thereof. Tons of people go to church. Tons of people do what they tell them. Stand up when they say stand up. Sit down when they say sit down. Rubbish. Tithe when Rubbish. They, you know, <laughs> tithe when they say tithe. Open your Bible when they say open your Bible. They, they have that form, but they don't understand anything about the power that God gives us. It always shocks me when I talk to Christians who think that God doesn't heal people anymore. It really does. It just shocks me that people think, yeah. well, there's no sense really praying for people to be healed because God doesn't do that anymore. Richard, they don't think God does anything anymore but bring calamity upon mankind. Whenever something bad happened, they said it was an act of God. No, it wasn't. It was an act of Satan. 
He said the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have more abundance. We don't even acknowledge Satan. Well, people don't. They don't acknowledge him for calamity. They still want to blame it on God. Like the and the devil done a good job and made people believe he don't even exist. Right. And he's well, out here running or wreaking he havoc. He's this redhead guy or you know, right, red with a, guy with a pitchfork with a pitchfork and a bifurcated tail. And you know And they never seen a joke. He's right, a right, caricature. Right. Well the Bible says Satan roams around. Satan roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He also tells us, I believe in Timothy, don't, uh, don't allow ourselves to be taken captive by the devil to do his will. He also tells us in Ephesians, don't give the devil a place. Well, if the Bible keeps talking about there's a devil, there is. But most folk, when you hear him talking, they, man, they don't acknowledge no devil for bad. They acknowledge, man, God, put the, God made me sick. Well, everybody God took to my grandmama. Too. You know, yeah. everybody's gonna go to heaven. The devil, he don't even exist. Yeah, and, exist. And, everybody, and everybody's we going don't to heaven. We worry too. about any of that. We go to funerals. Everybody's going to heaven. I'm like, geez, the brother would even say, <laughs> but everybody's going to heaven. They, the preachers get well, up there lying the about the it devil, too. Well, he's he doesn't exist, and hell doesn't either. Right, We're all gonna be fine. But we got preachers in, in, in memorial service lying and saying he's in a better place. How could he be in a better place if he ain't born again? I ain't say according to the Bible. I believe the Bible. He said, unless one is born again, he can't know the kingdom of God. Once one is born again, your name does not get written in the last book of life. And I tell folk, if he ain't really saved, you probably don't want me to do the memorial service. Because <laughs> right. I ain't going to be up there lying, especially if I knew he wasn't saved. So then again, he could have been saved and then didn't, still didn't live the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us. He didn't operate in his headship and authority that Jesus says, when you get saved, he said, uh, now I give you authority or the power to become children of God. And then in another text, he says, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So a lot of Christians don't even walk in their authority that they've been given because they are redeemed. Remember in Peter, he said he's given us an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled. This does not fade away. That's what you got when you got that's your inheritance. Right. In Ephesians, he said, one, three. No, no, no. It. You got it now. In Ephesians, he said he has has his past tense. When Jesus said it was finished, that was has. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We have eternal life now. Y you can use it now. You can operate it out just like Jesus operated on the earth. You just got to grow your faith up and start believing it. I tell people all the time, I, I practice more and more. I, when I go in the in-law hospital, I release a presence of healing in that place. When I hear somebody saying they got an ailment, you, you believe in the power of prayer. I can lay hands on you and I believe the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Can I pray for you? I started doing that just most recently uh, somebody said this building that I was in was uh, had uh, it was it was haunted. I said, no wonder the Lord led me there. I got to handle kingdom business, so I'm in there casting out demonic spirits in the building. But anyway, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.